Welcome to the Ministry Story Podcast. This is episode number 24, and it is Friday, the 14th of December, 2012. My name is David Tonin, your host, and this is a special uh, version of the podcast that is particularly geared for those who need to know a little bit more about marketing communications and strategy, and particularly those who might be church planners or know somebody who is a church planner. If you do, this episode is particularly geared up for you. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Ministry Story Podcast. Uh, this is David Tonin, your host, and I have a special guest on the show with me today, and his name is Tim Peters. Tim, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your ministry story? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, greetings, and it's, it's good to be here. Um, I, I worked in the church world for several years, uh, working with teenagers, and then uh, God slowly but surely moved me into a position that fit my passions more than anything else in the world. And that was church marketing and communications. And uh, I worked with several large churches in the Houston, Texas area for about three and a half years. And then after working with those churches, God slowly moved me in another direction. And now I full-time consult with faith-based and church organizations on a full-time basis. And um, our main main objective with churches is we come in, we help them um, identify and execute marketing plans. Well, that's awesome. And you know what? What I really like about you, Tim, is you and I have not met, but our paths have sort of crossed at a few intersections along the way with things other people were doing online. And, yeah. uh, and you know, I've been following your blog for a while and you write good stuff, which is exciting to me. And it's exciting to work, to have a conversation uh, from my perspective with a, somebody who is a church marketing and communications person who actually has a business degree. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, honestly, David, um, I, I went to Baylor University and I got a degree in marketing. And I thought, well, I'm getting a degree in marketing at Baylor University, a, a nice university. And that's, that's what I'm going to do the rest of my life is marketing. And then God decides to call me into youth ministry. And so here I am with several hundred thousand dollars worth of loans. And now I'm getting paid $25,000 a year to work with teenagers. Um, so it wasn't quite as I expected. Well, you know what? The fun part about the journey is that quite often it isn't at all what we expect. Um, I didn't expect to spend 20 years in the corporate world doing basically working in one industry for that whole time either. Um, right. And, and I also didn't expect that God was going to transition me out to work with churches like you work with churches. So um, yeah. it's not that I was opposed to it. Actually, it was at the core desire of my heart all along. It's just I just couldn't figure out how he was going to make that work so I could actually make a living at it. And it's been right. an absolute blast watching how God can weave all this together because there's just so many churches that need help in their communications. And, and what I like is your passion for the local church, and you're not a pastor anymore. But why don't you share what your real heart is? Like what, what made you go from being working in youth ministry and, and you've got some corporate experience as well. How did you go from that into working specifically? Because most of your clients are churches or ministries, correct? Yes, yes, that's correct. And um, as said, I, I worked at a church and primarily did youth ministry. And then I transitioned out of that youth ministry role, role once I started having children of my own. And, and that's my passion for teenagers, you know, to some degree uh, was fading away. But I was so in love with the church that I was at, I didn't want to leave. And so I, I kind of held on to that position for um, three or four months. And then finally, it just came to an end where I had to make a decision. You know, either I, I go work at another church and, and, and they can hire me based on my passions, or um, I stay here and figure out a different position to work in. 
And so while being on the leadership team, we discussed, you know, they didn't want me to leave and I didn't want to leave. So um, we, we built a position on the church staff based on my passions, which was church marketing and communications. And then I moved into that role coming out of a, uh, you know, a pastoral role where everybody identified that that's a youth pastor. And then you move into church marketing and communications. And I think oftentimes um, the the directors of communications and even the other staff see that position as administrative position. Right. And so it took me about a year and a half to recognize that my position was, was still a very ministry-type position. It wasn't totally administration. And, and I didn't realize that, David, until there was a moment where, and I think partially I was very frustrated when this happened. I think I was burnt out. I didn't get a lot of recognition or resources when I was doing communications. And I was at Christmas Eve services, and, and if you read my blog, you, you're, you're, you've heard this story. But I was really down because I'm, I'm there at all the Christmas Eve services, all five of them. My kids and family are already back home with their mom, and I want to be with my wife and kids. And um, at the same time, I'm burnt out because, man, I'm, I'm doing all this great work, but nobody knows. And am I really doing ministry, or am I just producing great graphics and, and, and executing marketing campaigns? And a gentleman walked up. And he, he found out that I was the one responsible for the marketing through another pastor that he knew. This was his first time at our church. And he said, Tim, the only reason that we came to your church tonight was because of the marketing messages we read through your entire campaign. And, and it convinced us that Wood's Edge, the church that I formerly worked at, was the one that we needed to visit for Christmas Eve services. And so at that moment, finally, the light bulb went on and told me that, you know, church communications is much more than the logos and websites that we produce and so I, now I'm so passionate about it is that I want to help other church leaders recognize that marketing and communications is so much larger than we give attention to. And um, it, it is way beyond a social media campaign, a marketing strategy, uh, vision statement. It goes so much deeper. And, and when viewed correctly, you really do recognize that, you know, it does have an eternal uh, perspective. It's got an impact on people's eternity. So when you look at it that way, then all of a sudden you're, your perspective drastically changes. Absolutely. And you're speaking my language. I love it. So with this passion that you have to help church leaders become better communicators, you're about to launch a product called Sage. And it's really meant to help train church leaders to be more effective and to be better at their communication. So tell us um, first, because I was curious when I heard about this, what is the significance of the name Sage? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, Myself and a creative director, we spent a lot of time uh, with the naming. Us both being marketing and branding people obsessively over the name, probably too much so. And and so I, what I wanted to communicate most was it was more was humility, and and the idea that the the resources that we're producing for church leaders come out of um, successes and failures. And so oftentimes we did great work, but other times we failed miserably. And, but we recognize that it, it's okay that us failing was, was okay. And, and so when we say sage, we're, we're coming at it more as that it's, it's wise advice. And then obviously when you see the mark when it comes out, it's spelled S-A-Y-G-E because we are saying something. We are speaking a message to a certain audience. But we wanted to help church leaders with, with communications and marketing in, in a very wise, experienced way. And so we lived in the trenches. Um, I was a pastor, uh, church communications director, helped start a church. So I, I kind of experienced all different phases of the church, and I just recognized that um, that there, there's not a ton of wise advice coming out in the area of 
marketing and communications when you can find um, plenty of information how to be a leader, how to lead a children's ministry, how to lead a student ministry, how to do small groups. But when it came to marketing and communications, that we didn't find those resources uh, uh, available in, in surplus. Well, and you're, tr- you're, you're speaking truth because it is true. Like there are, what's interesting to me is given the number of churches that there are in North America, let's just talk about that because those are the geographic areas that you and I are, are in. Um, just in the North American market, there's so many churches and so few people are, that are doing what you and I do that actually work right. full time trying to help churches. And the need is massive. Like I, I've been amazed. I've been doing this full time for two years. I've been doing it full time and part time for four years. And it's amazing to me how uh, for even just for myself, how God has opened up doors constantly where my plate is full, like uh, just because the need is out there. And I think church pastors, good pastors are really starting to realize that they need help in this area and that it's worth investing in, that it's not just a cost. It is actually an investment that pays dividends uh, and they're becoming wise to it, but they don't really know where to begin. So I think the fact that you're creating resources, uh, the more resources that are out there, the better, because you like, like you said, there's so many things out there right now on leadership, um, but there isn't a lot uh, out there on marketing and communication. So Mm -hmm. it's exciting. Yeah. So your product then is going to contain what you call your 12 essentials to church marketing and communications. Maybe just give us a little bit of an overview on why, why, why this, why, why are there 12? Yeah, yeah, yes. You know, it's, um, when I think about it, whether you're a, a senior pastor that is extremely frustrated that you have this vision in your heart that nobody knows about or nobody's living out, that, that causes a lot of frustration for senior pastors. Then I think about church planners, and they're doing great work. You know, they're constantly tearing down and setting up equipment every single Sunday, and then they get irritated that nobody knows they even exist. Hmm. And then, just speaking from experience as a communications director, I mean, you're just neck deep in projects and meeting deadlines and expectations of people. And so I sat back and I asked myself, what, how can we do church communications and marketing better and more effectively? And every time that I worked with other church communication leaders and directors, <clears throat> and even reflecting on my own experience, I realized that <clears throat> there's not one systematic way to learn how to master church communications. And I mean, I'm all about learning. I am a learner, so I read uh, a ton of magazines, blogs, attend conferences, listen to podcasts. And I did that when I was a, a, a rookie in church communications. But you do. You, you spend a lot of time researching, but you don't have a lot of time. And so you're trying to find information that will help you. And so I sat back one day and just looked at uh, previous conversations with other church leaders and then reflecting on my own background and, and just started reeling off, you know, what are the essentials? And they came very naturally to me. And I know you can argue that well, there may be 10 essentials or there may be 15 essentials. You know, th- these were basically what I considered the basics. If, if you could do these things well, you would be doing your job very effectively if you could master them. And so oftentimes I think that in, in church and in life in general, uh, we try to master so many areas of an industry, um, a relationship, a job, and, and it's just tough to master everything. So I wanted to boil it down to what I thought was the essentials. And those are the 12 essentials that I identified. Now, they're listed on your blog, and um, you may or may not choose to actually talk through or just mention what they are now, or we can leave them for people to go and read on their own. I want to zone in on a couple in particular. 
But are I, I think one of the struggles that I find when I'm talking with pastors and church leaders is that they kind of look at it and they say, well, if we can't do it all, then we're not going to do any of it. We can't afford to do all that you're proposing or all that you're mm-hmm. thinking that we should do or even that we think that we should do. And so you've got 12. Do they have mm-hmm. to be do they have to be accomplished in that order? Does it all have to be done at once or can it is it okay for somebody to start with something which might be better than starting with and doing nothing? Yeah, I think um with with these essentials that they're they're so important that um, only if you do one out of the 12, you've, you've made a huge step. Um, now, yes, we would love for you to master all 12. Uh, we would want you to learn all 12. And then each year, we're going to keep training you on all 12 because we made with technology evolving the way that it does and new learnings. Um, there's constantly going to be different ways uh, to master these essentials. There's going to be new content behind each essential. So uh, we believe that they them being essentials that even if you practice one, two, three, all twelve, you're really going to be start going in the right direction. And one thing we do with the with the product is is that I in my research I found that there's uh, a lot of people telling me why um, you should have vision clarity, why you should evaluate your guest experience, why you should develop brand standards, and then they would even tell me what. And so what we're doing with our monthly product is, is that we're going to present to you the why, the what, but most importantly, the how behind every essential. So the thing that has got us extremely excited is, is um, every month, so for example, when you receive uh, the video on the why behind Vision Clarity and then the ebook, the what behind Vision Clarity, we're actually going to give you the how. We're going to give you the action tool that you can use with your team to achieve Vision Clarity. And I personally just work with a lot of churches and um, many churches can't afford, like you said, to do all of this, or they, they definitely can't afford to bring an outside consultant or um, a very effective designer to help them execute what we're proposing. So we wanted to give them the tools that they could do on their own at a very affordable price each month. Well, and you know, the thing that I always try to bring the church leader back to, and that's primarily who we're speaking to in this podcast, is mm-hmm. that I try to encourage them that you're better off to, like marketing isn't just a one-off, quick fix sort of thing. It's not even just yeah. for one event that you might be doing. It's It has to be something that you look at as an ongoing, long-term thing. And I always refer to it as a strategy, and I'm assuming you might as well. Mm-hmm. And and it's be- like you said, it's better to do something than to do nothing. And mm-hmm. what, and I discover, and I think most of the churches that I work with, they start to discover if we do a little bit, it actually does pay back in dividends. We can actually see the effect. We can see the results of it. And so that's mm-hmm. actually a really positive thing. And then they get so excited that once they can see things that have been measured, then they go, okay, well, maybe we need to do a little bit more. And they do a little bit more. And then slowly it goes from doing one or two or three things to doing the 12 things like what you're suggesting in your 12 essentials. So right. um, because I I think part of it might be because I come with a marketing degree and I have corporate experience, maybe because you have a marketing degree, you also kind of look at things through the lens of strategy, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's one of your first uh, few things on the top 12 list. Let's talk about strategy just for a second because there aren't very many people that I can have this conversation with because even though there's a lot of marketing people out there, um, both in the corporate world and in the church world, they aren't marketing people that come with the, um, and I'm not saying that theory and and a degree is the be all and end all, but 
going through that sort of uh, the, the learning process and having strategy built into you from your degree, you, you look at things a little bit differently. And so there's very few people mm-hmm. I can have this conversation with. So I kind of wanted to ask you, you know, t- why is strategy one of the important things in your eyes and why is it one of your top 12? Yeah, yeah. I, um, <clears throat> I, this is one where I learned the hard way. And, and I didn't, in the, in the beginning, um, create a strategy. And so without creating it, obviously you can't execute the strategy. And so, um, as I said, I learned the hard way and just recognize that, you know, even within the church world and now the corporate world, when you hear the word strategy plan or strategy, you know, eyes roll back into their heads because they've probably haven't had a positive experience with strategy. And I think the, the reason they didn't have a positive experience is, is that, more than likely, the team that they assembled to create the strategy, they were very excited about that strategy, and there was a lot of hope for that strategy, and unfortunately, it was probably never executed. Um, I, I am a big fan of, of one-year communication strategies. Um, I worked with the church uh, last week developing a 12-month communication strategy for 2013. And so they know um, strategically what they want to communicate every single Sunday to their audience and throughout the week. So I think oftentimes with, with, with churches um, – they're, they are. They're like many American families and families across the world. Um, they're extremely, they're, they're too busy and they have too much going on and they've got to simplify. So for me, the, the purpose on the strategy is, is more, let's simplify. Let's not, let's not add complexity, but let's, let's pull back and let's simplify. And recognizing that the, their audience, whether it's internal or external, is receiving so many different communication messages that um, they, they have to be very specific in what they're asking their church to do. So the strategy, that, that is what you're trying to accomplish is, is you're recognizing that we have very li- little uh, mind time with our audience, and so we have to maximize that time. And so it's, it's more simplifying, and I think that when people think strategy, they think, oh, that's going to be so complex. And, and when I walk with churches and faith-based organizations, my goal is, is to maximize their message. So within that strategy, I mean, you're doing some very simple um, practice, practices and that you know one is you've got to really identify uh, the heart and identity of the church um, you've got to clarify you know what are the key messages the attributes that we want to be known for um, during the calendar year what are the major initiatives that we want our people to know about and not only know about but doing it in a strategic way where they actually move into action and they they're participating in what you're trying to accomplish um, and then you got to know your audience. I do think the churches do a, um, um, not such a good job in, in really spending some, I mean, some really unhurried time uh, researching and engaging with their audience and truly understanding how their audience ticks on a daily basis and, and recognizing how this audience wants to receive communications. And so the strategy allows you to do all that. And now I would argue, too, to the people who might say, well, that strategy, you know, we don't want to do that. We've had horrible experiences with strategies. It's way too complex. It's never going to be executed. You know, it, it eliminates creativity and flexibility. And I would argue that the strategy actually allows you to be more flexible and more creative in the future because you actually have somewhat of a guide that is helping you go down the road that you want to go. So when something does happen that's not part of your strategy, you can be agile and you can move and you can actually make it happen versus having no strategy in place. You're probably living in, living in a world of chaos, which doesn't allow you to be creative at all. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think <clears throat> one of the other things that um, has really come back 
to me in spades with people that I've worked with that have had strategies is from the pastoral perspective, the leadership perspective, one of the things they often will say to me is, you know what, for the first time as we've done these events that you've built a strategy around, it's helped us prepare leading up to the launch of them or to the communications part of them. And mm-hmm. as a result, it's taken away a certain level of stress that I always oh, used yeah. to have. And, and, and so that's a huge human resource benefit to the pastor and their team is that now mm-hmm. suddenly, you know, you've done everything you could possibly do to prepare for this, not just the creation of the event, let's say, but also the communication part of it. You know that the word is out there and now you mm-hmm. just have to pray over it and let God bring the people to the event that you're trying to get the message outside the door's of your church. And and so that has been a huge benefit. And the other one that I always advocate for is it makes you a really good steward. Having a strategy makes you a good steward of the resources you have financially because you're not running around at the last minute trying to get pieces of things printed and you're paying top price for. You actually have gone through and you've gotten the best deals and you've, and again, all the stress that is involved in running around at the last minute trying to get things done is all that's alleviated. And so your human resource uh, management is better. Your financial resource management is better. And so you're overall a really good steward. Would you agree? No, absolutely, too. And you know, in working with churches, they probably do have a limited budget and resources. Hmm. And so don't, don't, don't bring in unneeded complexity. Let's, let's be simple with the way we're communicating to our audience. And I mean, now, um, you know, less is more in 2012 and in 2013 coming our way. And so let's simplify the way that we're communicating with our audience. And by sim- simplifying, most of the time, you can really maximize your budget and resources. Um, and, and I think, too, that your audience is going to appreciate the way that you simplify and the way you communicate with them. And I would say, you know, the two big words that have been resonating with me lately in just church communications in general is that maybe not the word strategic, but the word, the two words would be simplify and then be intentional. And so really think through how you're going to intentionally communicate with your audience and what what communications are going to prompt people and move into action. And then also, this is a side note, um, when working with several large churches in the past couple of months, I, 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 would, I would consult with them and I'd recognize that they're the farthest thing away from an event-driven church. Um, they're very values, culture, vision, mission-driven and then my experience with them on Sunday mornings was totally opposite. Hmm. All I heard about was events. And I heard nothing about their story, which their story was what was most captivating. And then they would come back and they would be upset that nobody was engaging in their events. And I would argue that you need to lead with the vision, mission, values, and strategy of your organization because that's what's really going to capture hearts and minds. And so I, I think, too, you know, churches these days, you know, out of all the essentials, the one that I'm probably most excited about is the idea of the, the tool that's going to help people identify their vision. And, and, and I know that in my experience that, you know, churches that have identity issues and they're, or copycatting of their churches, it's very difficult for the person that's responsible for the communications to do an effective job um, because they're left with communicating the leftovers, which is often um, a major or minor ministry event. And that just doesn't capture the hearts and minds of people unless they're passionate about that event or ministry. So I would say lead with your story more than you do with anything secondarily like an event or ministry. I couldn't have said that better myself. 
there, there's a reason why I call my business or my company Ministry Story because mm. it really is all about the story. I mean, you, it is. You know, you can have all the great tools, you can have all the resources, you can spend all the money, but at the end of the day, it all comes back to how is the how compelling do you tell the story that mm. you have? And each church has a unique story, um, but at the same time, the core of every church is that we're passionate about the story of Jesus. And now mm -hmm. the question is, is how do we take that passion? How are we called as a church to live that out in our community to reach people who need to know who Jesus is? Right. You know, um, my background, uh, not corporately and certainly not ministry, but I, I've been part of a church planting team that started a church from scratch with six people uh, mm. years ago. And so I'm really passionate about church planting and I, and I love seeing church plants start. Now, one of the things that you've said in the lead up to the launch of Sage is that you think that this is very important. Uh, these are important resources that will help church planters. You want to address that a little bit? And yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Um, and I, <clears throat> I love church planters. Um, they, I, I love them because I sense there's an entrepreneurial spirit in, inside of them. And I have that in my, inside of me. And so at conferences, when I engage church planners in conversations, it, it's just a really encouraging time because they're so fired up about what God is doing amongst their church and people. And uh, at the same time, my heart breaks because I know that they're in extremely limited budgets um, and they don't have the, the money they would desire to have to um, blow up a huge marketing plan and, and really blast it out to the community. But I'm, I'm so encouraged that in 2012 and 13 that there are so many other ways that church planners can leverage communication and marketing tools to, to spread the word and create community awareness. And, and so these tools are going to help them do that. Um, the social media essential that they'll receive one month is going to teach them how to use social media in an affordable way to connect with people that they wouldn't be able to connect with in any other way. Um, or the external marketing essential that will be so great for church planners and teaching them relevant and applicable ways to, to connect with their audience outside their church and in ways that help, you know, bring people from the community into their new church plant. And then, you know, just as we just mentioned earlier, I think the great thing about church plants is that they are starting. So they're new. Um, many of them are not um, having to take over what has already been in existence for 30, 40 years and trying to shape that, which is very difficult. But they've got, they've got a clean slate, and that's just a great place to be. And so I would advocate strongly that because you are new and fresh and you have no um, you know, baggage, if we want to use that word, holding you back, this is the time that you really need to ask God and say, God, who are we? How have you uniquely wired us to live out the mission of God in the area that we currently live? And what are our values and what will we cling to when we want to close the doors? What values will keep us awake and going in the right direction? Um, you know, what is our mission? What are we going to be known for in our community? It's so great to ask those questions early on. That way, that will help shape your future and guide you in your decision-making. So with, with Sage, I, I created it initially for church communication leaders. And as I've gotten to know more and more church planners, I've recognized that they're wearing every single hat. Mm -hmm. And they're assuming every ministry role within that church, whether they're paid or they're volunteers. And so I wanted to give them this great resource so they can they can do their job because marketing communication is so big for a church plant just to create that needed awareness so people can come and experience the new church. So they, these essentials will help them do that. Awesome. You know, I could talk to you about 
all the things in your 12 essentials. We could go on for this with this for a couple hours easily, um, but we've already been going just over 25 minutes. So what I want to ask you, just as we kind of wrap up for today, why don't you, you keep, we, we keep referring to it as this product. So why don't you define a little bit of what are the elements of the product and uh, how do people get them? How do they get more information? When is it launching? Uh, just give us that little synopsis of what exactly are the elements yeah. and how do people get them? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In a nutshell, uh, Sage, Sage is going to be uh, a monthly training resource that you receive in your inbox every single month. And every single uh, time that you open um, the deliverables from Sage, you're going to get a, a coaching video that communicates the why behind the essential, uh, a very comprehensive ebook that communicates the what. And then you're going to receive an action tool uh, every single month that actually helps you execute and put the essential into action and, and, and um, see it come to reality. Then we also have um, an online platform where if you're a subscriber to Sage, you're going to have access to all the other people who are walking through the same resource that you're walking through. And it will be a platform where you can dialogue um, at your leisure with other people who are going through the same essentials that you are. Uh, and we, we are launching in January of 2013. And I encourage you, if you are interested, to the best way to stay tuned is, is to follow uh, uh, myself at timpeters.org, where I'll be communicating uh, the exact launch date. And then on Twitter at Tim R. Peters, and we can stay connected that way. And that's how I'll be communicating with the audience when the product will launch. Uh, but it, it's 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 exciting. It's been in development for um, close to a year. Um, it's not only been myself working on it, but a team of people who have been in the trenches that um, are helping shape this content. So um, we, we believe in it, and we, we believe that it will be very advantageous for you. If you have a passion for church communications, you're responsible for church communications, it's definitely going to help you. And is there a cost to it? <clears throat> yes, and um, the, the very first time, the introductory rate, we're going to be introducing it at $29.99 a month. And with that, you'll notice that we'll be giving away a, a ton of bonuses for you um, to sign up at that introductory rate. So we, we did our very best to um, keep it at uh, the lowest price point that we could, but at the same time, uh, place the value on it that we thought was de deserving. Well, it's very exciting. I know that there's buzz out there already. People that have heard about it through social media channels and their, and through your blog are excited to see what this product is. I'm excited for you. I think it's going to be great uh, for, for all kinds of different people in different spheres of ministry across North America and around the world. And so thank you so much for putting the effort into it. I can only imagine how much work has gone into that. Yeah, absolutely. And David, I appreciate all your support and, and the time that you've given us today and connecting and talking about uh, church communications and how we might help them. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for joining me. And you know what? Maybe we'll have to do this again a little further down into uh, 2013 so you can give us another update on how it's going and, and we can pick one of the one or two of the other essentials and talk about those because, like I said, I could talk about this stuff all day. So Absolutely. That'd be fantastic. Thanks for your time. Well, you're very welcome. Have a great Christmas and thanks for joining us today. We appreciate your, uh, your, your, your time and your generous, uh, graceful you know, presentation of this. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Okay. Merry Christmas. The end of the hiding Tell me could this be